Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me the CEO of Green Goddess Supply, Eric Robichaud. His website is greengoddesssupply.com. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. It's a new year. So I just thought I'd ask, how's 2021 treating you so far? So far, so good, actually. Um, yeah. we, we have uh, a lot of uh, products that are designed for the home. So the pandemic hasn't really, it's been neutral, hasn't really hurt us. So that's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that I'm really excited to talk about is uh, what you call the armoire, uh, which is actually in your background right now, if people are watching this via video. But before we get into that, uh, Eric, let us know for people that are hearing about uh, Green Goddess Supply for the first time, what's yes. your company about and who do you love to serve? Sure, absolutely. So um, we serve the uh, the casual home user. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, what we've done is we've put together an entire product line of um, smoking accessories, uh, mm-hmm. grinders, rolling trays, storage boxers, um, and everything down to dabbers and bangers and ter- pearls and uh, <laughs> vape mods and you know you name it. Um, but the uh, the point behind it was that um, uh, these are high quality products. We've curated a, a line of high quality products and. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and it comes from uh, this concept of brand extension. I noticed one day um, going into smoke shops that there were either no brands, they were just generic sort of like crappy import products that mm-hmm. were like really cheap, crappy products mm-hmm. um, just in the in the glass cases at your local head shop. Um, or if there were any brands, they were sort of like the old like 80s one hit wonders. You know, <laughs> that's kind of how I, how I saw it. Um, they're just one offs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this, this company made a particular product and that was it. And then, you know, so if you saw a, a really nice rolling tray, maybe from kind tray is a brand, for example, make a nice bamboo rolling tray, but then that was it. They don't make anything else. Um, et cetera, et cetera. So we decided to, um, to launch a high quality curated line of products and do brand extension. So that when you walk into a shop and you get a grinder, for example, you buy a nice high-end grinder, get a Green Goddess Supply grinder, um, it's durable goods. And our grinders are good quality grinders. It'll last you the next, you know, probably a lifetime, you know. Um, And so it's not like you're going to be buying a grinder every month. But the next time you go into a shop, now you need a rolling tray and you see a Green Goddess rolling tray. You're like, oh, I have their grinder. They make good stuff. You know, like that. that Right. The consistency. It's a consumer brand thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we came at it from a branding standpoint, from a business standpoint. I like that. You went from just functionality, like here's a grinder to, Hey, here's a grinder, but all like a high quality grinder. And if you're looking for anything else, we have these products as well. So it's that consistency, um, that you're talking about in regards to like the quality of products. And it's not, like I said, it's not just like a functionality thing. It's not just, Oh, buy this at the store, buy this on online. And then once it breaks, you have to buy it again. You know, it's like, Hey, here's, here's a particular quality item. It will last for a long time. It's durable. But of course, because this is your lifestyle, you're probably going to want more. Therefore here, other items as well that are just as good quality. Right, right. And that's because I had come from um, um, a career in background in branding. Um, mm-hmm. I started off as a, it's a long story that I won't go into, but I started off <laughs> as a software engineer and it morphed into running a digital uh, interactive agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had very 
hardcore, as you can imagine, uh, software tech chops um, in the agency with a lot of web development and database, you know, original database development and so forth. Um, but we had the whole uh, creative design team. We have the strategic marketing team and we ran a marketing agency. Mm. And, you know, there's an old saying, I didn't come up with it, but I use it all the time, um, that uh, if you're a hammer, every problem looks like a nail, right? We're, we're kind of, we have, we're biased by, by our experiences. So I see a lot of things through either a software engineering and tech angle, or I see it through a marketing lens, you know, and um, coming into this industry, um, just so many things struck me that um, it's the, the, can the greater cannabis industry is exploding. They're, they're saying it's probably going to be the fastest growth industry ever uh, mm -hmm. from, from zero to 60, right? Um, and that um, it's also poised to be one that um, that may end up being female dominated too, the first ever female dominated industry. Good to know. Um, <laughs> and uh, and as this thing is exploding, what I've noticed is that it's incredibly, incredibly unprofessional. Mm -hmm. That and what I and I don't mean that really in a negative way. It's just mm -hmm. more of a, just what it is that mm -hmm. in this industry because it's a brand new industry exploding from nothing. Um, the initial people jumping into the industry, the people experienced who have been doing it black market underground, mm -hmm. whatever, not doing it as legitimate business. Mm -hmm. um, what's happened is when you look at all the dispensaries, like I'm up in Massachusetts in the Boston market, right? Mm -hmm. We've had, we've gone from, you know, just a couple of years ago, there were, I think, six dispensaries. Now they're over a hundred and there'll probably be thousands by, you know, within the next year or two. Um, mm -hmm. And as these are exploding, they're bringing on like 25 a month. Every month there's like 25 new licenses and, you know, uh, we're going to be at several hundred by the end of the year. And these are all first-time people. These are people, they're all new entrepreneurs, okay? Mm -hmm. They're all brand new business people. So this is completely different. And I come from a traditional business background doing marketing for, you know, everything from dentists to, you know, manufacturers to whatever, um, realizing that all these new entrepreneurs don't understand how things are done. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. realizing that it's like the Wild West. And there are things like, like so I've been bringing traditional business practices into this industry and within my business, mm -hmm. um, things like co-op marketing. Mm -hmm. These, the smoke shops, the head shops, dispensaries, they've never heard of this. This has been around forever. I did not invent this. This is nothing new. <laughs> but like co-op marketing, co-op advertising dollars. Mm -hmm. They're like, what's that? They have no idea. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Right. And we will do that. We put together co-op marketing programs for people. Um, so as a manufacturer, as a brand, we'll do co-op marketing. Um, so we're bringing these more traditional concepts uh, to the industry. And brand extension was one. I was looking yeah. around going, wow, wait a minute. You know, the traditional branding is just kind of really not a thing. It's all these like cheap, crappy, you know, import knockoffs. Yeah. Um, so that was the approach that we took. I like it. It's it's like you, in a way, it's kind of like you come from, let's say, a first world country, and then you go to a third world country, and you're presenting all these ideas that have already been tried, you know, tested and tried and true in the first world country. And you're like, oh, wait, it could work here too. And people in the third world country are like learning about it for the first time when you're like, oh, but this has always existed. So right, it's almost exactly. like you're kind of like, you're, it's almost like you're coming from the future in a sense. Right. <laughs> and bringing in, in all way, that right. into the, you know, the cannabis industry. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm not professing to have invented or any of this stuff, but, but <laughs> yeah. it's like, there, there's a better way. This has already been figured out. Why are right. we trying to reinvent the wheel now, you know, in the in the 21st century, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, so just bringing these more traditional business concepts into the industry and helping to grow and build and, and sort of professionalize the industry, if you will. Yeah. Um, I've also started an entrepreneurial uh, a business referral group for the industry mm. um, that we meet via Zoom and so forth and build, you know, try, trying to get everybody networking and building and growing the industry. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, in addition to you taking, you know, these traditional uh, strategies into the cannabis industry, Eric, um, I know for you in the past 25 years um, that you've been, uh, even with your e-commerce experience, um, you have this philosophy of kind of building things one brick at a time. Um, tell us about that and how you were able to, you know, do that uh, with your company, um, you know, let's say starting with the grinder, right? And building your way up to the other items that you right, also right. sell. Well, you know, I, everybody has different skill sets, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I found that, um, and I didn't know this, there were several things like way back when, even back into my college days, when uh, um, I was in, um, I, was, I was a tech geek, right? So I was in the, um, <laughs> in college, the, uh, the Association of Computing Machinery, the computer group on campus, and, and people wanted me to run for, for, for chairman. I'm like, mm. what, who, me? Like, what? <laughs> what? Like, I didn't, Oh, okay. You know, and you kind of like when you're young and you're learning and you're just like, okay, you know, you go with the flow, right? Yeah. So I've learned a lot of things. Um, and one of the things that I've learned about myself is that I've been particularly good at startups mm. um, and um, like creating, I'm good at creating something from nothing, mm-hmm. uh, if you will. And, um, or the way I kind of dumb it down, I say, you know, taking, like taking two nickels, you know, oh, you got, you got barely two nickels to rub together, right? That kind of thing. <laughs> Taking uh-huh. two nickels, rubbing them together and getting a quarter and then taking mm. two quarters and rubbing them together and getting a dollar and so forth and so forth and leveling up and building it organically a brick at a time. Mm-hmm. I've been pretty good at that, um, building startups um, and then building them up. And uh, in my in my first business, um, they've all been a little different. Sometimes I've built them up and then just kind of get bored with being just the custodial parent of just kind of, you know, OK, we built a mature business now and just. You know, maybe I get a little bored with that. Um, in other cases, it's also been seeing the opportunity and seeing the vision of where things are going. Um, my very first business, I was in an industry that I saw kind of starting or, or a niche of the industry that I saw evaporating. I'm like, this isn't going to be here in three, four years. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it makes sense to uh, either sell it or I have to retool the business or something. And that I just decided to sell it at peak and move on. Um, and then started another one and, and, and built that up and then sold that and then started another one, built that up. And so I've been kind of the serial entrepreneur, each for different reasons. Yeah. Um, and um, but it's been kind of my thing is uh, I've realized, like I said, over history, not that it was a plan, um, but I've been good at the startup and, yeah. and, and spinning off ideas like from it, many of my my subsequent businesses have started from the first business. Like, you know, spinoffs, just like TV shows, you know, you have spinoffs and things right, well, like that, right. like taking one product that we might have developed and spinning that off to its own thing and then take and run with that. And then that might be get the next thing and so forth and so forth and so forth. Right. Definitely. And so now with um, this Green Goddess Supply, you had originally started off with the grinders and now you've worked your way up to, I mean, in not in and not in any particular order, but now, you know, I talked about this at the beginning or hinted at this at the beginning of our conversation. The, um, you, ha- you now have something called the armoire, which is actually, if people are watching via video <laughs> in your background. So tell us about this fine furniture, beautiful furniture that you have behind you. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. There's nothing like it on the market, completely different product. Mm-hmm. Um, what we've done is uh, we've innovated in the, um, it's our home grow space. Mm-hmm. This is a home grow cabinet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, there's absolutely nothing like it. It's designed unlike, let's say tents, they're big, smelly, like, uh, putting, trying to put like a four by four tent or whatever, you know, you're not going to stick that in the middle of your living room. Right. Right. I know exactly um, what you're you talking know, about. <laughs> right. They, they, they can, they're big, they're ugly, they're noisy, they're, they're smelly and, you know, and everything else. And people are sticking them in an attic or they're trying to hide them down in the basement. And then that leads to a whole host of other issues and problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and mostly these things are sold like, 
their hardware, okay? Just like you go to go to Lowe's or Home Depot and you buy a saw or some piece of equipment. Right, right. They're just selling hardware. You're on your own. They expect you know how to build. You're, you know, you're a carpenter and you know what you're doing with this, which mm-hmm. may or may not be true. Um, mm-hmm. And that's how tents are sold. You're just kind of on your own. Yeah, and it yeah. can be really, really complicated. Like 90% of all people fail their first time trying to, trying to grow. Um, overwatering, underwatering, too much magnesium, not enough nitrogen. You know, what's my light cycle? What's my pests and bugs and all kinds of issues. Okay. Right. So what we've done is we've created a product here that is unlike tents and so forth. Um, there's no smell. Um, it's designed to look like furniture It's designed mm-hmm. to be seen. So our average customer has them in their living room or in the kitchen area, or, or if you have this, you know, very common today is the open flow from the kitchen through the living room into the dining room. They'll have it kind of in the middle there, right next to the kitchen, you know, area. Um, next to the counters and stuff, it's it's designed to be seen, and when mm. people and it's discreet. When people come in and out, it just looks like a cabinet. We call it the armoire because it looks like an old fashioned clothing armoire. Yeah, um, and we have them in different finishes. You can see I happen to have in mine. My this is in my living room, literally, um, <laughs> and I have uh, a cherry cabinet, and then I have the modern black. We also mm. have one called a rustic barn board finish, um, mm. kind of like a, like an unfinished rough wood look. Um, and it's designed, it's what we've done is we've took the process. The cannabis plant has been around at least 39 million years. It predates humans. Um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, according to fossil records and so forth. And, um, and what everyone has done is taking this old fashioned outdoor grow process and trying to replicate that indoors. And it's very complicated. What we have done is we've re-engineered that whole process, came up Mm -hmm. with a much simpler protocol and process, and then we built our system around that. Mm -hmm. So this is geared towards the the novice home user that doesn't want to have to get a PhD in cannabis in order to grow something um, and just wants something simple. Basically dumbed down to, it can be as simple as just water it once a day and get four, five, six ounces every every, uh, 60 days. Every other month, I'm, I'm pulling a plan out of my unit. Yeah, I love it. I mean, instead of the whole trial trial and error uh, process, which a lot of us tend to do if we want to grow at yep. home, it's nice that you just have this, you know, this beautiful piece of furniture. Like like you said, it's as simple as maybe watering it every day. Um, yep. Tell me more about. Um, I imagine that you have a community for this as well, where people can continue to learn to use the armor. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and and we believe that the um, the product is kind of half the equation. The other mm-hmm. half is our concierge service and, and the community that we're building. Mm-hmm. Um, we do, unlike, again, tents and so forth, and unlike, you know, you go, you buy a car, Toyota, you know, they assume you know how to drive, right? Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. may or may not be true. Um, but um, um, we actually do hold your hand through the process. Yeah. We will actually teach you how to, how to grow. Um, mm-hmm. And we are here. We answer questions. We'll set up uh, training calls. We can do video training calls. Um, and walk you through. So our concierge service is is a pretty important thing. And we have a, a group, uh, like we have a Facebook community. Mm-hmm. Um, we have well over 200. I haven't looked recently, but last time I looked, we were like around 250 people in that group um, awesome. that are actively in the group, sharing, you know, posting pictures of their plants and, and talking, asking questions. So um, my partner, Vincent, who is the original inventor of the armoire um, and myself are both in that group and we answer questions and, and, you know, so we have a great community going. Um, People have been doing some amazing things. We have some people who are just consistently pulling a half pound every 60 days out of their, out of their box. Cool. Um, That's, 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 that's a lot. (laughs) 
eight ounces every every other month. It sounds um, like you guys are having a lot of fun over there. It's a great time. It's a lot of fun. People just love <laughs> this, you know. And it's and it's great seeing the first time people, you know, say, "Hey, I've been smoking forever, but I've never grown." And they'll post and like they'll post a picture of their plant, and like one guy's like, "Oh my god, can you believe this? I'm actually growing weed, dude. I'm growing weed on my own at home." So people, people are floored. It's it's awesome. It it sounds it sounds like it, and um, even for myself, I'm like, oh man, I have to like share this with my husband because again, going back to the whole trial and error thing, it's like we're trying to figure it out on our own. But you know, yeah. good to know that you know something such as this uh, exists, Eric. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So one thing about your uh, company that I like, you have a mantra which goes uh, to delight our customers with quality products. And I feel like in our whole discussion today, um, you've been able to display that. You've been able to explain that, and um, it just sounds like a great you know company overall. And so I have to ask you, in addition to just you know that pride point of quality products, what else mm. are you proud of in regards to your company and maybe your journey so far? Um, you know, in the cannabis industry. Sure, absolutely. So um, I would say, well, there, there are a few things, and, and you're right. The, the tagline, um, delighting customers with quality products. You know, I told you I came from a marketing agency background, right? I sold mm -hmm. the agency to focus on this, but this was an outgrowth of of something I was doing in my my agency. Yeah. And um, and so as a market, you know, I and again, I said, you know, when you're a hammer, uh, every problem looks like a nail. So I come at this from a from a branding and marketing standpoint. And taglines, you know, what's important is you have to live the brand, okay? Mm. And this is important for entrepreneurs to understand. Taglines aren't just some cool, like, just like, it's not an ad, it's not just ad copy. It's not just some cool thing to, to, to make people go, oh, that sounds nifty and click your, click your link. Your tagline is essentially, um, should be wrapped into the fabric in the DNA of your brand, okay? Mm -hmm. Branding is a very important thing. I take it very seriously. You have to live the brand. You can't make statements and then not do it. You can't say, now, if you look at something like Walmart, Walmart is a very simple tagline, always low prices, end mm -hmm. of story. Mm -hmm. And so it drives everything they do, okay? And you've, I'm sure you've read, you know, in Fortune and Inc. and all that, you've read the horror stories of people getting put out of business by, by Walmart because Walmart will chew you up and spit you out. Um, right. But they'll bring you in and because they, they're grinding you, lowest price, lowest price. And I, I have a friend who was doing so well with them and just his sales were growing year over year and he was just exploding with them. Mm -hmm. And then one day they just totally cut him off at the knees and said, nope, we're all set. Thanks. And they went to a competitive product because they could get it a nickel cheaper. They're all about, and they, they will, wow. add brutal, they will cut you out. But because like that, they will kill a three-year relationship. And it was in a product category that they didn't carry before. Mm -hmm. My friend pioneered that whole thing with them, showed them how it could work. And then they were like, yep, thanks. We're all set. Bye. And they yeah. cut them out of the knees because they could save a nickel a unit. Always Man. low prices drives the mantra. In that case, it could be construed as evil. But it's consistent. But it's consistent. It's consistent. And so the, the, you often have to take stock from time to time of where you're going, what you're doing. What I find is um, I use the analogy of like being at the beach when I was a kid playing in the beach. Um, and you said you were from California, so you can probably relate. Um, I go out with my cousins and we're all playing and we've got a, you know, got a beach ball and we're in the water and we're bouncing around. <laughs> it. And then you look at, you get, you get lost in your own world and you're playing and you think you've just been in the same spot and just playing and playing. And then you look yeah. up and realize the scene is completely different. You look out, wait, wait a minute, what's going on? And realize you're all, you know, your, your family's all the way down there because every time, you know, the, the tide was carrying you, you didn't even notice it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That analogy is really important to understand for entrepreneurs in business because mm. you have your head down, you do anything, you do anything, and you can start drifting and not even realize it and wake up one day and realize that you have a tagline of always low prices. 
but look at someone like um, uh, a Kmart. You can say always low prices, but then they're like, they're bringing in like a Martha Stewart line. Mm. Okay, well, mm-hmm. if you're bringing in a premium designer brand, that's not that doesn't jive with. It's not consistent. And, and mm-hmm. this is why you have in a crowded marketplace of of Walmart, Target, Kmart, and two of the three are, are year over year growth, doing great, doing fantastic. That's Walmart, always low mm-hmm. prices, and they will beat you. If you're looking for a commodity, if you just want a Rubbermaid trash can. You're, if you look it up, you're probably going to find it's the lowest at Walmart. If you're shopping on price, it's Walmart, mm-hmm. Target. Target tries to be competitive in the price, but they're not out there saying we got the lowest prices. You never hear them say that. It's mm-hmm. RJ. Okay. <laughs> my my my, right. my young teenage daughter wouldn't want to be caught dead shopping at at Walmart, but she has no problem shopping at Target. Right. In the, the, the same kind of store, the same kind of pricing, the same kind, but Target because they they appeal, they have a, a, a higher aesthetic, nicer designs, mm-hmm. more cool products, cool uh fashion and so forth. Okay, at generally the, the same price, but their Rubbermaid might be 10 cents more. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you have someone like Kmart who's constantly in bankruptcy, falling apart, <laughs> closing stores. It's a fact, right? No, it's true. And There's why? a Kmart down the street from where my mom lived. I, you, we always never knew how long, how much longer it was going to be in business. So I, right. I totally hear you. And the reason is they're trying to compete on both fronts. They're trying mm. to say Walmart, always low prices. So they bring back their old blue light specials and we've got low prices except Kmart, Tar- you know, uh, I mean, Target, Target, you know. So then they bring <laughs> in their Martha Stewart line. And it's like, which are, what are you? I'm confused. Yeah. A confused shopper won't buy. They don't go there because, well, do you have cheap prices or, or, or do you right. have designer stuff? And like, it's mixed messages. So an entrepreneur needs to understand that when, you know, you can drift, like, you know, mixing my metaphors now, you can drift over time yeah, and it's important to use that brand, that sort of brand promise statement, if you will. Um, so we're all about making sure, from time to time, that we are actually living our brand yeah. and delighting customers with quality products. And I can't be putting out crap. And right, so we're right. all about the quality and all about putting out a good quality product, associating the brand with quality product and original innovations. Fantastic. Wow. Eric, you are a wealth of knowledge and I just want to applaud you for your continual success uh, now being in your fourth business. Uh, Before we go, any other parting thoughts? I feel like you just shared a ton, but anything else you want to share with our listeners? (laughs) And no problem. No problem. Um, No, but if um, a little bit off the beaten path of entrepreneurship, but um, if anyone is interested in home grow, we're doing a free podcast on March Mm. 24th. Uh, You can go check it out in all of our social media feeds. We're posting links. Um, but we're doing a free podcast on uh, Homegrow 101. Um, it's free March 24th, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, Eric, thank you so much for what you do. Um, like I said, I'm probably going to share this website with my husband shortly. And uh, thanks for being here for on the thanks for being here on the Thoughtful Entrepreneur. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah. And again, to our listeners, this is Eric Robichaud, who is the CEO of Green Goddess Supply. You can learn more about him and his amazing products at greengoddesssupply.com. Thank you all so much for joining us and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform 
and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.